Welcome to Season 5 of Retrain Your Brain. I'm Chartered Psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang, and it's not enough to know what to do. You have to feel strong enough to do it. I use practical positive psychology tools alongside coaching to create that healthy buffer to the dips of life's roller coaster so you can continue to flourish. And this season, we're going to look at some of those tools. For today's podcast, I wanted to give you the secret to resilience. A lot of people think that resilience is knowing how to survive. That's not it alone, that's just the beginning. The secret to resilience is building emotional and mental fortitude so your emotions, especially when things get tough, do not undermine your efforts to succeed. The truth is, most of us, when in crisis, can, or at least will try our hardest to, survive. That survival instinct is exactly that. It's innate. It is instinctual. So if it's not just survival then people might think that resilience is about bouncing back. Again, that's not quite enough. Yes, we do have to have that moxie to survive crisis, but you also need the inner strength to have the momentum to hit rock bottom and not crack like an egg. And after that, you need to rebuild when, having survived the crisis, you are exhausted. On top of this, you can bring in the positive psychology approach, where there... They say, well, you've survived, you've bounced back. Why stop at normal? Bounce higher, thrive. So resilience, at least for me, is made up of being able to navigate three dips. The first is crisis. That's often external, unexpected, sudden. It can often require an acute and immediate response. So when you've survived, you then need to navigate exhaustion. This is often physical and emotional. Having been through all of that crisis, it will wind you and it will win those around you. Community spirit tends to flourish in a crisis, but that might fall away when the emergency subsides and the resources that you carefully used may be used up. The rainy day savings are spent and there's still a drizzle. So you've been able to then rebuild, though exhausted, but then you face competition. And this is often psychological. And this, it's worthy of note, this element to resilience can be needed even without crisis and exhaustion. Because this can involve us overcoming our own psychological barriers to success, as well as any real external pressures. And this is important even if you live that charmed life. Only when you can face those barriers are you able to thrive. So you need to, first of all, survive the crisis. You need to get through and rebuild, though exhausted. And then, even without crisis and exhaustion, it's even better if you can thrive and flourish. Because, of course, living is not just about getting by. So, for resilience, you need much more than a survival instinct, as well as some kind of practical capability to be able to do it. You need mental emotional and physical fortitude. Resilience means you know what to do when you need to do it and have the capacity to do it, but it also involves having the strength to persevere, especially when little seems in your favour. Having mental and emotional strength means that your emotions do not undermine your efforts to be effective. At each of those dips, crisis, exhaustion, competition, 
Emotion can get in the way. And emotion is always instinctual. We must remember that we can choose our response. But it is only through building up that mental and emotional strength that we know we can feel that emotion, stop and choose what will be most effective. Resilience certainly is knowing what you need to do, but it's also having that personal power to do it and keep on doing it. The good news is, of course, it can be learned. The less comforting, like any form of muscle training, is that it takes a bit of time and effort. As a coach, I teach both practical tools as well as the emotional ones, and I'm going to give you both now. Here are some practical things we can do, practical, intellectual, competency-based, and these often are the ones that are taught at schools, at university, and throughout life. Often we do have an idea of these. But number one, depending on what your situation is or where you are within it, you can ask yourself the following. Do a pre-crisis audit. Who or what keeps you going when you're exhausted? How can you take or find respite just to recharge? What is the minimum you need during the crisis stage in order to survive? What is your bottom line? Post-crisis reflection. Who or what of your new collaborations perhaps made through the crisis could help you restore? Who or what renewed or revisited transferable skills could you use in order to help that rebuild? Also do a regular sense check on the consumer and client climate, which might help you explore new ideas or opportunities where possible. And that is, of course, more practically related to business. And then think about future growth. Have all the exposed weaknesses been addressed satisfactorily? What lessons were learned and how can they inform your current decisions? And most importantly of all, have you thanked the people who came together with you to pull you through? And do you continue to recognise them? Another thing you can do as a form of reflection is audit your areas of weakness. Reflect on and correct areas of weakness in your initial response. Be aware that intellectual awareness is not the same as practical preparation. So don't just think about it. Actually take the steps to put things into practice. Look at whether there are wider opportunities or personal or professional networks with whom you can grow. It's not necessarily just going to be you on your own. And sometimes support, especially at a time of scarce resources, can be of great use. Your revival might serve them too. Be aware of changing consumer, client or simply interpersonal behaviours. As an organisation, you may need to keep abreast of and consider the possible mindset changes within clients and customers. And personally, you may also wish to do the same with friends and family. Reflect on your responsiveness and your growth potential. Ask yourself if you actually knew that that crisis or disruption would last longer than, say, 12 weeks, how would you respond? If you knew six months ago this would happen, how would you prepare? What strategic projects or goals long term may actually have to change now or could even be started as a result of everything that's gone on? Who could you collaborate with, with any changes of direction or who could you use to help each other to rebuild? Also, be mindful of your fear response. Know what your knee-jerk reaction is. And by being aware of that, you won't fall back into any old habits. Remember, you wouldn't drink poison just because you were thirsty. So don't engage in toxic practices just because you're afraid.
and then future plan. Look at what worked. Just taking the current pandemic as an example, new adaptations such as work from home could result in better productivity plus fewer overheads. And if this is the case, think about the best time and the best way to optimize those new implementations. Don't rush into buying the technology just because you're using it now and it works. Really think about how that method is going to work in the future and how you might want to use it and invest in it accordingly in a frugal and sensible manner. And then, of course, you have emotional and mental strategies, and these are designed to keep you going, especially when you're exhausted or demoralized. It's all very well having the practical knowledge, but you also need to put that knowledge into practice. So you need to learn to be well. Well-being is often the word which categorizes this emotional, physical and mental fitness, but I would break it down further. Whilst resourcefulness, intellectual aptitude and practical competency can certainly be learned in school, and we do, it's often the focus through life, we do not always learn to build emotional and mental strength. We're often just getting on with it. Some of us really don't know how to be well. This is where I turn you towards positive psychology. And there are five pillars of positive psychology, PERMA, that contribute to being well. They are P, positive emotion, notably things like hope and optimism. E, engagement with whatever gets you going. R is relationships, healthy ones in particular. They can give us a huge boost to our energy. M is meaning, finding that meaning and purpose in what you do. A is achievement, and notably so in things that are meaningful to you. Therefore, very simple Daily practices can help you build your well-being strength little by little. They aren't as formal as self-care. They are little wins that only take you a moment of recognition rather than a day or even money to be set aside. And the more you're able to work on well-being, the better you will manage whatever curveball is thrown. The biggest secret when it comes to resilience is that we often know what to do but we need to prevent emotion from consuming our ability to do it effectively. And as I said, this is not to say don't feel. I feel greatly anger, sadness, fear, and also joy, elation, hope. But emotion is instinctive and often reactive, whereas effective behavior is a chosen response. So try any one of these daily and stick with what works. Build positive emotion. Give and receive gratitude. Don't just journal about three things you're grateful for. Also appreciate and acknowledge three things others have thanked you for. This helps you build up a sense of value, which works twofold. One, you don't impose on others to provide it for you. You simply appreciate it when it arrives. And two, you start to recognize your self-worth. If you are the type of person who shrugs off a compliment with it's nothing, then that exercise is definitely for you. Photograph positive moments. I set my friends the 21 day I love my life challenge, taking one photo a day of the little things we appreciate in our world. And I keep mine in an album and look at it. Set a daily intention. And you can join me at 6.30 a.m. Monday to Friday on Facebook doing this this year all the way through. Or you can check out the edited playlist on my YouTube channel. Intention setting helps me focus for the day and it gives me breathing space, but it also reminds me to use these positive characteristics and values that I might not previously have considered. And exercise, that's another great way to build positive emotion. Don't underestimate the value of your physical health. 
Even if your exercise is just simply a five minute walk around the block, the fresh air will clear your mind and get your blood flowing and the walk will improve your posture. Then find engagement, that's your E. Reflect on what you used to love and see if you can find a way of engaging with it. But remember, just because you used to play in orchestras doesn't mean you need to be concert standard. At least just consider hiring that instrument you loved, for example, just to play a tune. Reflect on what you love right now and see if you can fit more of that into your life. By the same token, though, if you are spending all your energy in something that doesn't engage you, it might be time to start thinking about making that shift to something which does, or at least exploring the options open. Cherish healthy relationships. There's your R. Who warms your heart? I sometimes look at the traits and values of my closest friends and reflect on what I love about them. This allows me to focus on cultivating those behaviours in my own life and helps me recognise who energises me. And I spend less time with those not on that list and actually appreciate the ones on that list even more. Remember that your friends are your friends, so be a friend back. Friendship is reciprocal. And whilst a number of my lovely friends have often said, I'm here if you need to talk, and they know I am too. For my part, I have a coach, someone I pay to talk to, so I can continue being a friend to my friends and a wife to my just as kind and generous husband. Yes, of course, we do share secrets, but we also all have lives and we are there for each other to laugh and love as much as we are to advise. Check in on other people. So what if you haven't heard from someone in a while? You contact them. Why wait? And sometimes, especially with lockdown, a video or telephone chat is even warmer than a text because sometimes it really is lovely to hear your voice. Seek meaning. Think back on your life achievements. Reflect on what made you proud. And it doesn't have to be the thing that others said made them proud because this is how you identify what's meaningful to you. And then see if you can incorporate that sense of purpose in what you do now. So, for example, if helping others was something you're proud of, maybe you could fundraise or maybe you could just donate something and meditate. Now, this isn't for everyone, but sometimes finding a connection with nature or just sit for a moment and just think about how you feel as a human in this universe can actually be hugely grounding and refreshing for body and soul. And A, achievement. Achievement can mean little wins. Savour the little moments of pleasure as well as the big ones. If you catch yourself enjoying a moment, spend another just relishing it. Even if it's simply how the frosty grass crackles, that's something I love, or how a nice sip of a hot drink is absolutely bliss on a cold day. And focus on being that little bit better than you were yesterday. Again, it's not about the big leaps, but recognizing daily incremental progress. And finally, be kind to yourself. Remember the brain is complex and sometimes you're just not ready to do anything at all and that's fine and that's normal. And that's why I put out continuous content so it is there for when you are ready. So be kind to you. Know that you have the resources when you need them and you can find more. And also recognise that you really are a lot stronger than you feel right now. It's not that people who seem to be more resilient are better or luckier or richer. 
It may just be that they've worked hard to become versatile. They learn from experience and they are smart with where and to whom they direct their energies. And you can learn that too. And that's all we've got time for. So for more, check out my YouTube channel, Dr. Audrey Tang, for my tried and tested positive psychology and coaching techniques. Go to my website, www.draudreyt.com, for blog articles, which are also packed with the practical tools I use. And if you want to book one-to-one coaching, expert comment, or a well-being presenter, email me on audrey at clickproductions.co.uk. Make time to invest in you.